we are bike. Welcome to another episode of the Ace of Spades Dynasty League pod. Y'all know who the fuck it is, man. It's the host with the most Cam, aka the Dynasty Demigod, aka the Ace of Spades Thanos, aka the nigga with four of them things, aka Mr. You fuck with me, you fucking with the best. Follow me on Twitter at Cam's Not Sober. And I'm not alone. I am joined by the Kurt Cashy, aka the Ace of Spades 2020 World Champ, aka Danny's Big Home, aka. Mr. Take Your Best Player and send you into a rebuild. Kurt, what's going on? What's up, man? I, I feel like my AKAs, bro, are, uh, are not really unique to me anymore, bro. Why is that? I mean, Isaiah just took digs from Buck, you know, <laughs> now Buck in a rebuild. And, you know, he might just be Danny's big homie, bro. I mean, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that 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 first part is certainly right. I mean, you're you're not the only one who's taken somebody's best player and sent them into a rebuild, but you'll always be the most notable. I mean, when I took people's best players, they were already in rebuilds. You know what I mean? So that's kind of been yeah. your stick. But I noticed when I when I when I started the show, I didn't say Kurt was good like I normally do. I said what's going on and I'm like, wait, like it reminded me of something. And we used to do this a lot last year in the off season pods, kicking it old school with some like real life tracks. So this for real right here. Hold on now, Kurt, what you know about this youngster? Classic, bro. Classic. Man. <laughs> you know Real gonna vibe out to that. For sure, bro. And Marvin was so cool. Remember at the end of the song, Marvin was like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin, hit that whole Marvin. Hey, Real gonna, gonna get a kick out of that. Anyway. All right, Kurt, we had some technical issues there. Hopefully it's all fixed. But anyway, welcome to another episode of the Ace of Spades Dynasty League pod. Kurt, football is finally bike. We had the opportunity to see a really good Thursday night game, the Bucks versus Cowboys. I guess we can start there. What were your thoughts on the first regular season action of the 2021 season? Man, I was actually uh, really excited for uh, football to be back. So, um, and that was like a hell of a game to start the season off, bro. It was really exciting, man. That shit came down to the wire. That's pretty much all you can ask for. Uh, I personally would have liked to see a little uh, more running, but, you know, 
don't know. Maybe that's just the old school. Man, in me. fuck that. Hey, we had a <laughs> we had a sixty point point total, man. Get that thing out. Hey, Brady and Dak was out there slinging that thing. And bro, sure. let's address the elephant in the room really quickly because this is a dynasty podcast. So let's talk about some dynasty values. Ezekiel right, Elliott. Right. I mean. Toughest, toughest run defense, you know, in the NFL over the past two seasons. Not a surprise that he wasn't able to find much running room. He was, I think he had 11 carries for like 33 yards. So it wasn't, the the YPC wasn't even as, as abysmal as it could have been, I guess. But I think the the most concerning thing I could take away from that game regarding Zeke's usage is um, his passing game utilization. You know, Tony Pollard came in the game and he he soaked up a few targets, and that's what's given Zeke such a high floor over the past, you know, five years. So I'm a, I'm a little bit worried, not necessarily with the the um the result of the game in terms of Zeke's fantasy points, but how he's going to be used. We know he's going to play a lot of third downs regardless because he's really good in pass protection. But how many of those third downs is he actually going to get targets on now? Starting to 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 worry me a little bit. So what? Zeke being a 26-year-old RB, you know, Rio just traded for him in our league. He sent Javante, who just got compared to, like, Edgar and James and Alvin Kamara, a <laughs> uh, rookie running back, Javante Williams, in a second-round pick to get Zeke. Day by day, that's starting to look like, you know, a worse and worse trade. Yeah. Um, I'll say, you know, like, I thought it was, from a from a value perspective, I thought it was a, a, a fair trade. Um Maybe not a trade that I would have made. Well, not maybe. Not a trade I would have made if I was in Rio's position. But I don't know, you know. I I give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he knows something about Javante Williams that I don't because I, I don't really know, like, a whole lot about him. But from what I have heard and, like, based on those comparisons that you just said, yeah, that sounds like a real bad trade, man. Like, it doesn't sound like he's going to be a, a bust if the comparisons are Edron James and Kamara. I mean, but I don't know. It's still it's still that potential. I don't know. Yeah, but, and th- those high profile player comps those never come to fruition. Like I don't think anybody's realistically expecting that. But that just goes to show how high of praise he's he's been receiving so far. And you know, my thing is, even if from a value perspective the trade looked pretty even, it's just that you know, with running backs, you like to buy years, right? You want a running back on their rookie deal. And Zeke not only is his on on his second deal, but he's years into a second deal. You know, it's yeah. just like that's just a bad that's just a bad investment to make from a dynasty perspective when you're in a rebuild. Um, and you know, Rio mentioned that he has a lot of draft picks left over, and like that that very well is the case. But you know, still from a process standpoint, it just wasn't a good trade because you you're just eating value now. Because if Zeke goes out here and he's RB twelve, you know that's a bad bet. You know, you're buying Zeke in the hopes that he gives you, you know, a top eight finish minimum, uh, but more realistically, a top five finish. That's where he's being drafted, you know, in redraft league. So if you bought him for the next two years, you're expecting him to at least give you a top five finish this year. Anyway, wrapping up the Thursday night's game, let's do some up and down stock arrows for some of the players. Obviously, stock up arrow for the Cowboys receivers, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. They were absolutely fantastic. Uh, I believe 15 and 16 targets. Um... 15 for CD, 16 for Cooper. And even Gallup, before he got injured in the third quarter, he had seven targets. So I think this this Cowboys offense can support, you know, three top 30 receivers. Obviously, Gallup is going to be out for the next three to five weeks. But 
uh, it was looking pretty promising for their passing attack. I agree. And I want to say something about uh, something that I noticed about Gallup uh, that I thought was kind of interesting. Like, did you notice that when they came out in a one wide receiver set, like he was the receiver? Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. And a lot of that, um, we'll, we see a lot of that. Uh, and even in two wide receiver sets, we saw a lot of uh, Cooper Gallup. A lot of that um, has to do with um, uh, blocking. Yeah, not for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like the way I look at it is, I mean, that's a, that's got to be a plus for him because for if sure. a dude decides to pass out of that formation, like, for sure, for I mean, sure. It's either him or, or a tight end, you know? No, definitely, definitely. You mean, like, if, if Dak checks out of whatever the play is and shit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. You, we want our players playing as many snaps as possible. So, uh, stock up for all the Cowboys receivers. Oh, Dalton Schultz as well. He's looking like he's the the tight end there, the tight end yeah. in Dallas. Uh, stock down, I guess, for both of the running backs. Zeke, just because uh, I saw stock arrows for Pollard, and I'm just like, I mean – Zeke still played 80-plus percent of the snaps. Zeke because he didn't look good, even in his limited work, and Pollard because Zeke is still there. You know, both stopped down for me. Uh, and on the opposite side, all those receivers on the Bucks side are pretty much the same to me. I mean, I always expected um, Chris Godwin to be the most efficient um, and um, pretty much be the, be the lead target getter on that team just because I think he's the best receiver of the bunch. So him and Mike Evans pretty much stay the same for me. Antonio Brown, stock up arrow for him because he just looked really good with his like five or six targets he got. Yeah, he uh that 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 touchdown play, man, that was like super impressive. He just said it was like a, a very, very slight move. And he just left that dude like 10 yards behind him. That was that was that was cold. He he's so good, man. And um on one of those those deep touchdown grabs. He just like hit the turbo button on the DB. Like he's just he has so much le- uh, left in the tank. Uh, even at age thirty two, he's still a really good receiver. So um, that was a vintage performance by Antonio Brown. He looked really really good. Uh, uh, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones. Um, this is like four years in a row of the same shit with Ronald Jones, bro. Can we just can we just not talk about him at all? With that, I mean, yeah, obviously, dude has a short leash and a fumbling problem, bro. Yeah, so we could just yeah, let's move, let's move on from Ronald Jones, uh, Leonard Fournette. It's like, I mean, this is this one of those stay away backfields, bro, where we don't even really care who leads it at this point. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think so because you know what I say. Uh, it just depends on what you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like because. Uh, what in our league, Fournette ended up like eleven points. Somebody could use that. But he, he got like, he got like seven targets, right? I think so. So that's yeah, I mean that's that ballpark. That's pretty valuable. I mean, if he's going to give you flex value, but I mean, I, if he's not going to get seven targets every week, it's just like I I don't know. I'm just yeah. We'll we'll revisit this backfield as the season goes on. But right now, I'm just like eh, I'm not really interested in any of those guys. I told you, you know, Buck got us to. Uh, Draft Ronald Jones is our RB two in one of the um, big money redraft leagues we did, and he he has negative one point six points. So this backfield is just like it's it's terrifying from a fantasy perspective. Anyway, let's dive into some NFL news and notes really quick before we get into Ace of Spades stuff. 
Uh, Cedric Wilson moves up the depth chart with the injury to Michael Gallup. Cedric Wilson, he's a guy who got on the field a bit last year, too. He can kind of play. So he he may have some, you know, very low ceiling, but uh, potentially high floor fantasy value given how explosive we uh, assume this Dallas passing offense will be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, of course, like, he'll be the clear-cut third option, uh, you know, at receiver. But, I mean, if Dak's going to go out there and throw the ball 56 times, like, you know, <laughs> it's a chance he could do something with that. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, Gallup just mentioned that. He's out three to five weeks. Curtis Samuel heads to injured reserve. You know, I was really hoping that Curtis Samuel played all 17 games so I could prove to Curtis Samuel truthers that – He's, he just isn't very good. Yeah, he's one of those dudes, man, like uh, every year, you know, kind of the, kind of Devontae Parker's before he had his fifth year breakout, where it's like yeah, all the fantasy people tell you to draft Curtis Samuel every year, and he's a wide receiver three every year. That's He's a wide receiver three, bro. Like, that's, that's just what he is. No, 100%. If he's lucky, he's a wide receiver three. Um, yeah. Latavis Murray signs with the Ravens after the Gus Edwards injury. We could have led with that, but I guess that was a few days ago, so it isn't at the top of my my news items. But Gus Edwards uh, tore his ACL, and he is going to be out for the season. This is following um, the starting running back, J.K. Dobbins, tearing his ACL um, a few weeks a, a few weeks before this, and um, I. <laughs> Have you had an opportunity to go back and look at um, what's the guy's name? Is Ty- Tyson Williams? Um, I have him on my team, and no, I have not. <laughs> I haven't looked at him at all. He, um, I think Buck sent me this, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I have his name right for one. But yeah, Tyson Williams. Buck sent me his college statistics. He, he first of all, he's he was a senior when he. He played all four years, and then he, I don't think he had a a season with more than four hundred rushing yards in college. Yikes! So, I mean, I don't know really what to think of this backfield because I think they go like heavy, heavy committee with these guys. They signed Devontae Freeman, and um, uh, I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you. Right, <laughs> let me tell you. We don't care. And then they signed Latavius Murray as well, and. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you, right, let me tell you, we don't care. So I think, I mean, this goes back to kind of what you were saying about the Fournette thing. Like, he could be serviceable serviceable in someone's lineup if they just need a, a high floor flex play. I don't think any of these guys are going to be league winners. Yeah, I mean, well, shoot, I can tell you for sure, Latavius Murray or Devontae Freeman or Le'Veon Bell, and it's not going to be any of those three because all three of them have looked. Man, did you see Latavius Murray in preseason? I did. Yeah, I could tell, like, he was going to lose his job to the Tony Jones kid because he just looked like he had zero bursts. <laughs> it's over for him, bro. Yeah. I, I mean, and Le'Veon Bell was terrible last year, like, terrible with the Jets, terrible with the Chiefs. Like, he was awful. Um, and Devontae Freeman couldn't beat out Latavius Murray. So that tells me everything I need to know about him, too. Yeah, no, I I agree, man. All those, you know, 30-year-old running backs that they signed, I'm, I'm not sure how much of a role the Ravens will even be able to carve out for them. Real quick before we wrap up the NFL news and notes, 
What do you think that means for Lamar Jackson? Is is he going to have more difficulty with run lanes now that there is no, you know, running back to really threaten with that with that read option that they run a lot? I don't know, man. I mean, I would probably, but it's one of those things, bro, where he's like such a uh you know, prolific athlete, bro. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, the, maybe he's so good that he's opening up the running lanes for the bum running backs, bro. Like, I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, yeah. I don't know. I've never. There's no precedent for this. There's no precedent for offenses like the ones that the Ravens run, at least in the NFL. So I don't know what that offense is supposed to look like with a group of shitty running backs. Can we just get Lamar Jackson to pass more? Is that like out of the is that like out of the the equation? Can he just throw more? I mean, I think I think he's going to have to. Yeah, let's because yeah. The, those running backs are not going to be much help, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Anyway, that wraps up the NFL news and notes. Let's get into some ace of spades news and notes. So, we have moved the league over from our original league to um Basically, we, we recreated the league uh, to reset the scoring. No more IDP, leaving that shit in the past. I was able to import the league history from Yahoo. Everyone's record, um, an historic record, is in the league history tab. So if you've been in this league since 2012, feel free to have some fun and go to the league settings and league history tab and check out your record from years past. There's some funny stuff in there, bro. You'll notice the teams that are consistently at the bottom versus the teams that are consistently at the top. So I had a lot of fun importing that uh, last night. Kurt, did you have an opportunity to check that out? When I looked at it, man, it was blank. But Check again. Let me know if you can see it. Yeah, I just looked at it again, and I still didn't see it. But You may have to reset your app. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Maybe maybe that's the case. Or maybe so, like I need to do. anybody listening to the pod, check the league history. Make sure you can see it. If you can't, then maybe sleepers just late rolling it out to um, to everyone else. But uh, yeah, I did that. I, it still shows on my phone. So um, whenever you guys have an opportunity, go back and have some fun. Look at that uh, trade. There was another pretty pretty big trade that happened in our league yesterday involving Isaiah and Buck. Kurt, you want to talk about that trade? Yeah, man, I could, you know. Um, so Buck sent away Stefan Diggs, um, and he received uh Devontae Smith and a first and a second. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know from from my perspective, bro. I thought I could understand the trade from from uh both sides. Uh I know Buck, his intentions were to are to rebuild. You know, so he gets a young wide receiver that was just drafted at the top of the draft. Um, and he gets a future first and second. And Isaiah, you know, um, all the moves that he's made since he's been in the league have indicated that he's in win-now mode. So he, he'll have an opportunity to do that with uh, Stefan Diggs, who has uh wide receiver one, like overall uh, wide receiver one potential for this season so yeah I think it was a good trade for uh, for both teams I don't think 
you know, a team that's rebuilding like Bucks, like has any use for, you know, somebody like Diggs. Yeah. Um Man, I didn't get Diggs. Buck had Diggs on his team. He was supposed to send him to me. Now he sent him to Isaiah. It's just <laughs> gay. But yeah, like you said about Isaiah's team, man. I mean, he he's built a good. He's built a really good team. He's he's done well um, with the maneuvers that he's made. Obviously, he he inherited a really good team, but he chose a direction to take the team in, and he's done a really good job making moves to. Um, kind of cater to that build that that he decided on. So, yeah, it was a pretty big trade. I still don't know how to feel about the trade because I'm not really. I mean, I'm not particularly high on Devonte Smith. That second round pick is from 2020. What did you see? Is it from 2022? Uh, I thought it was 23 for some reason, but it may be. I'm, I'm not sure. I know the first was from 24. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess um, Diggs is just such a uh, he's such a high profile player. And like you said, he, he has, you know, in my opinion, a, a top five wide receiver floor. He could be the wide receiver one overall. You know, the only thing that separated him from Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill and, and, you know, Devontae Adams last year was um, touchdown efficiency. So we'll see. We'll see how that, that trade works out. Obviously, in order for the trade to make sense for Buck, you know, Smitty has to be something like he, he has to hit. So we'll see how it works out in the future. Yeah, you know, I'll say uh, me and you had it. We talked about it yesterday, uh, the trade when it happened. And just like in the flood of conversation, um, I kind of started to remember how many like, you know, first round receivers. This is like not even related to like Smitty, but like later on in the conversation when we start, got start talking about like uh like Corey Davis and like uh Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman and it's like Kevin White. Uh yeah. Mike like Williams. It's, it's a lot of a lot of <laughs> uh a lot of first round wide receivers, man, who didn't really live up to what, what we expected them to be. Jamar Chase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <bro. laughs> But, you know, I mean, hopefully that's the case for – that's not the case for Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith is really good. Like, he's just – I don't know. I don't know, man. You know, I've been kind of up and down on him because he's Same. a little guy, man. Same. This is this is just always the the process you go through, you know, deciding on trades like this because you trade, like, such a proven commodity, such an insulated commodity in Stefan Diggs. You know he's a top five talent in the league. You know he pay, you know he plays for a top five offense in the league. You know he's tied to a top five quarterback in the league. I mean, and then you get a rookie wide receiver, a first round pick that's three years away, and a second round pick that's two years away. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like we'll we'll have to come back to this trade a couple seasons from now. Yeah, I I say I'm gonna say this too, bro. I for sure wouldn't have traded this nigga uh, Devontae Adams if I would have known that Buck was gonna follow it up and let him get Stefan Diggs, though. Man, yeah, hey, he, you know, looking at Isaiah's team, man, it's actually kind of crazy. Like you, you assisted in getting him a top three QB because you you wanted Jefferson badly. He went out and got Henry on his own. He has Devontae Adams from you. 
Godwin is going to be a good player. He was already there. He got Chubb from me, and then he got Diggs from Buck. So he, I mean, he really just really heavily went all into this season, and he he's going to have a couple years out of this team at least. And he still got draft picks. Team's like really really good. I'm trying to figure out how he built it. That's right. He did a really good job so far. Anyway, let's move this along because we want to wrap this pod up pretty quickly. Um, let's talk about matchups this week, Kirk. Real quick, you want to go through the matchups this week and, and see who we have to um, win our head-to-head matchups in, in week one this year? Got you, bro. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this week is, is going to be pretty easy because pretty much all of the teams that are tanking are playing against all the contenders. So uh, <laughs> we could, the only the only matchup I feel like is a toss-up is me and Isaiah. I'm going to pick me, though, because it's me. But I could I could definitely see myself losing that matchup for sure. Um, but Justin, I think, should beat Chris. Um, Danny is playing against uh, Anthony. I think Danny should win that one. Uh, we got Tariq playing against V's. <laughs> Sorry, V's. He's my boy, bro. But, yeah, sorry, V's. And you're playing against Rio. I mean, that that match has already started. Sleeper is giving him a a 1% chance to win. So uh, that one is probably over. And uh, (laughs) Buck is playing against Burke. And I think it's a very good chance that Burke wins that game, too. So, Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I got – yeah, Rio's playing me. He we we play week one every season. That's always fun. Um, Rio's been in the league for a decade, so it's always fun to smoke Rio week one. And just just in case he forgot, bro. I mean, I just got every season. I got to remind him at the beginning, like what's good. We got Danny uh, pretty easily over a flow. Uh, Tyreek pretty easily over. I mean, not pretty easily. He's he's gonna win that game. That's a free square. Visa's team all year. Um, I would have thought this Burke versus Buck, this white on white crime game. Can we call it that? <laughs> We're gonna call this the white on white crime matchup. Um, I would have thought that game could have been pretty close. Maybe if if Buck kept digs and uh, Burke didn't get thirty four and a half from from Gronk, but I think pretty easily on the Burke side. Then Justin versus Chris pretty heavily, and I'm still gonna take you in this matchup over Isaiah. Though it's going to be really close. I feel like the thing that's going to give you the nod is the advantages you have at flex as well as your your tight end premium advantage with Waller over whoever the fuck he has to stream. So I think those are pretty easy calls. It'll be interesting because you said, you mentioned it, most of the league is, is pre- the league is pretty balanced now. You know, we have four, five really good teams and we the rest of the team, as they should be, have their head on straight to to kind of shift to more of a rebuild. So it's going to be interesting to see how this week pans out. For everybody listening to the pod, let us know if you have any upsets or underdog predictions for week one. I don't want to hear nobody coming to chat Tuesday morning like, oh, I knew I knew Rio was going to come back and beat Cam. No, I said no. Nah. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> it's it's I'm a, I yeah. I really don't think it's a chance because that nigga Zeke went out there and dropped a dud, bro. That's, yeah, he needed. Know. I mean, every everybody when they play us, everybody when they play my team or Kurt's team or Isaiah's team or even Danny's team this year, you, you're not going to be able to have any duds. You're going to need that 34 and a half from Gronk. 
you're going to need shit like that to beat one of these teams. There are three really, really, really stacked teams. I wonder how Danny's feeling right now because he made some really good moves to bolster a win-now roster, and then Isaiah came and hit the Nas from uh, Fast and Furious on him. <laughs> I'm zooming, yeah. bro. Hey, what that, do, yeah. hey, what that nigga said when he when, when the Nas got hit on him and, and that girl was going to give him something? He said, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> My nigga Ja Rule. <laughs> Ah uh, yeah, she curved him and said, "You ain't win. You ain't win, yeah. nigga. You ain't." And she she said, "Nigga, you ain't win." That's fucked up. But yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna take some really big performances to upset. The, you know, these teams are just so good, bro. I was looking at you and Isaiah's roster, man. Like, man, it, this is going to be the most difficult Ace of Spades championship to win. It, it just is. There's never been a time in our league that we've had three teams this good, and the, our fourth best team, like Danny's team, is so good. Uh, it, it's it's just going to be so hard to win this year. So I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of content. I know these past few podcasts have been really laid back. We haven't really been talking about much in detail or giving any player analysis, but there's just so much to talk about and catch up on in our league because we have so many new GMs and they did so many different things with our team. We haven't talked a lot about Tyreek either, like his team. He still has a team that that's going to uh, push to, to um, uh, threaten some of the top three, four teams in the league as well. So it's going to be really competitive when um, those contenders start playing each other. Like you're already playing Isaiah, like that that's gonna be a, a good game or it should be. I still have to play you, I still have to play Isaiah, I still have to play Danny. It's gonna it's gonna be a good year. Yeah. All I know is the Ravens better not try any funny stuff. I, I bet I cut the game on and see Marlon Humphreys uh guarding Waller, bro. Pissed <laughs> off. Hey Marlon, <laughs> hey, hey. What what Shannon Sharps what what Uncle Shay Shay say? He said, You could try all you want, you lost. Hey, Mar- Marlon Humphrey can get on Wall if he wants to. It's gonna be the same result, man. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how these these Week One matchups pan out and see if there are any crazy upsets and things like that. But this looks pretty chalky. Last segment before we close out the podcast, Kurt. We're gonna talk about the Soldier Boy Shootout of the Week. This is a segment that we used to do all last year. We usually take, you know, a game on the slate that we think is going to be the most fantasy uh, relevant in terms of fantasy points scored. And I think we have a really good one, man. They have a Vegas total of 54.5 points, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Cleveland Browns. Now, I saw somewhere that had OBJ as a game-time decision. I don't know if that's just to fuck with the Chiefs or something, but that dude's been, like, sprinting and cutting for, like, three months, so I, I assume he's he's good to go. Uh, that's the only thing that would kind of pull me back from this pick. But other than that, man... I think I'm maybe in a minority, but I'm getting kind of excited about Baker Mayfield this year. It's his second year in this Kevin Stefanski offense. He had some really, really good games down the stretch last year with an injured Jarvis Landry and no OBJ, where he was putting up, you know, 27 to 32 fantasy points. And he had some really low scoring games last year towards the end of the season, but they were really, really bad weather games. Um... Now, you know, we got this Ravens defense that's decimated. They just lost Marcus Peters to an ACL. We expect the Pittsburgh Steelers defense to still be good, but at least he doesn't have to contend with both of them because we think that the Ravens defense should take a pretty significant step back. Um, And like I said, second year in Stefanski's offense, that is a really good offense. He ran a really good offense when he was at Minnesota. And the Cleveland Browns offense looked good last year. And maybe that passing game will be a bit more voluminous with Baker Mayfield understanding the system better. I'm getting kind of bullish on Baker this year, bro. And I think he has the weapons to 
um, be able to uh, really, really have an uptick in, in passing volume and fantasy points. What do you What do you think about not only this game but the Cleveland Browns offense as a whole as we get into the season? Yeah, I mean, um, I think you make a really compelling case for uh, for Baker. Um, that that offense, man, uh, that team in general on both sides of the ball, actually, like it, it seems like they have the recipe for uh, a, a Super Bowl contender. Um, just looking at them, but on, on offense, man, they have like you know if Odell comes back, he's fully healthy. Uh, Jarvis, like, and you know, um, <clears throat> I think that that their ability to to run the ball should should help out uh should help Baker Mayfield out too. Uh you see um Ryan Tannehill uh in that in that Tennessee offense super efficient and a yeah. lot of that is because of the fact that they can run the ball so successfully. So maybe they could maybe the the Browns offense looks uh something like that. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Some like Ryan Tannehill type efficiency from Baker Mayfield. That's just like the Ravens. They're um the Browns are a really heavy analytics focused organization, and I feel like I feel like they're really going to pass more this year. We'll get an opportunity to get a, a really good look at that offense uh, this Sunday when they play against the Chiefs. They're going to have to pass the ball. I want to see, you know, um, the Chiefs for the first time as well, uh, following their Super Bowl loss and how and how they come out. Um, any thoughts on Miko Hardman? Before we close out the show, I know you drafted him recently in our in our other dynasty league, and there's no one that should be pushing him for wide receiver two snaps. But I just think he's such a bad player that um maybe the wide receiver two in Kansas City won't be relevant at all. What any thoughts on me, Cole Hartman, your new wide receiver? You say I, I drafted him in another league. Yeah, you did. I don't. I don't recall that. I didn't do that. <laughs> no, you, 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 you did, bro. You did. When you made the pick, um, it was when you made the pick. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I think I think the wide receiver too in uh, Kansas City is is Tyreek Hill, man. That's what, <laughs> I mean, that's what I think, bro. I think Kelsey the wide receiver <laughs> one. I think Tyreek Hill the wide receiver two. So. Uh, you know, and I think the thing that's scary about uh, McCall Hardman, and it's like where I, where I drafted him at, like it was so late. It was like whatever. I'm just throwing darts at that point, yeah. you know. But uh, like on a serious note, man, we've seen like the Chiefs offense, I feel like, at their peak. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's too, like – Tyreek Hill and Kelsey are the only relevant pass catchers, really. For sure. Like, and I think it'll sure. probably be the same like this year because I don't think McCall Hardman is, you know, um, a ta- like a like a super talented wide receiver. I think he's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, like, he's fast. You know, he he has like the big playability, but like he's not really like a like a like a great wide receiver. So I, I you know. He's like a flex play, and he'll probably be that as long as he's like tied to that offense. Like, uh, yeah, you know, he'll it, give you that week where he catches a fifty-yard touchdown or something. But exactly, know. and once he's no longer a Kansas City Chief, feel free to drop him in all formats. Agreed. Yeah, he. I don't think he's a very good football player. Uh, he seems like a cool guy. I think he's funny. I see his tweets on Twitter a lot. 
But on the football field, I, I, don't, I don't think he's very good. Um, like you mentioned, we've seen the Kansas City Chiefs in final form, and they've never really supported a weekly wide receiver two. It's it's either Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill as their wide receiver two, given the, the how the opponents play. Anyway, uh, one last thing before we close out and get out of here. Um, this is our second last thing. Any top of mind thoughts so far on the GM of the year race? You know, I had somebody like pretty much on the back burner just because they inherited such a good team. But man, bro, it's like did Isaiah just take a leap into like first place in the GM of the year race? Like, he, like his team is just so 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 incredibly like good um, after the moves that he's made, and other GMs have made moves as well, but um, none as significant and intentional. As Isaiah's, I think. Like, he decided he wanted to go all in, and he really, like, pushed his chips in. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, I'll say, okay, so last year we gave it to Rio, correct? Right. And it was because Rio had a strategy, executed the strategy. He was like, I'm going to rebuild, and he ended the season, like, with a ton of picks. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you did what you were supposed to do. If the goal is to rebuild, I mean, Isaiah took a team, and you know he did inherit a team with like a lot of assets that people cared about. But I think you said, I think what you said about like uh, his moves being intentional, like is that's a good, that's a very good point because I mean, Derrick Henry, Chubb, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, like, these are all like winning out pieces, so. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely, de- definitely leading that conversation, um, to me and I would probably, uh, probably put Burke, uh, number two right now, if I had to, you know, but I think Isaiah, like, yeah, definitely like has one strategy and he's like working to execute that strategy. Yeah, I think, yeah, and we could tie it off here. I, I think Burke's another really good call, and he's definitely up there with Isaiah as well. I think for Burke, and we'll see, you know, what he's ultimately going to end up doing because he came in with kind of like a rebuild strategy, and then he bought some, like he, he bought Robbie Anderson and Gronk, you know, to maybe like try to sneak into the place. So I don't really know uh, what he's doing at this point, but nonetheless, he's made some some really good moves, and he's he's managed his roster pretty efficiently, even with, you know, kind of like the mismatch. Uh, overarching strategy, but he's done a really good job nonetheless. Anyway, man, that's the show. Uh, Kurt, any final thoughts before we close out? Uh, no, man. I think I'm good. All right, cool. Under 40 minutes. We did a pretty good job. Uh, as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. If you guys have any show ideas for the regular season, please send them to us so we can build content around that. We're going to do the weekly episodes following up Sunday and Monday slate, and we'll kind of get creative and add some fun segments that we didn't have last year. So, I'm rambling, man. Drop the outro. I'll let you boys later. And remember, it's up there. And it's still stuck there. Peace.